Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Couch Games Podcast. My name is Ryan Clark, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt. The Celtics are ready to make a run to Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Annoying. The Celtics are better than the 76ers. Like, I'm doing great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just right out of the gate, just relentlessness. I Not love it. Not here to mess around today, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. The we have some we have we have a pretty good outline here today, Matt. I'm really excited to get into it. Episode three, hundred and thirty-six. Oh my gosh, uh, I can't believe we've been doing this for 136 episodes. Long time. It's a long yes. time. We're getting into the more mature podcast. You know, uh, we're more mature, or at least I don't know how we can say mature, but also have my intro at the same time, like. <laughs> can we can can we just get like a nick sting in here at some point just to prove that we're not mature uh, i don't know we'll we'll be able to work it in later it'll be fine anyways uh before we get too much further into episode 136 let me remind everyone to follow us on social media and also give us a rating review on the podcast platform of your choice we would greatly appreciate that if you missed episode 135, we did the shocking development draft, which was a little fun. It was a fun little exercise to do. We took, we wrote out some shocking developments from this year, and then Matt and I went, did, a, did a little snake draft. Um, it ended up being kind of a fun topic to do. So go check that out. Uh, kind of a timeless episode now that we're in the later half of the season. Matt, what happened to NBA news this past week? All right, so let's just, again, dive in here. Russell Westbrook, a.k.a. Westbrook. I don't know, Ryan. Again, we, he's been a topic of conversation on the pod. And again, former Thunder legend. So you're neck of the woods here. Yes. Any more thoughts you want to give here? Like how he's all upset about, like, giving my family. It's, like, disrespectful, the whole bit. I mean, listen, this guy has been – going at like pat beverly and like a bunch of other stuff and like pat beverly had a quote this week about like oh you took he like harmed my career and all this stuff it was like okay dude like you you tore the dude's meniscus in a playoff game going into a timeout so let's pause the brakes on like harming your career here um so I, i some of the westbrook stuff has just been like of course like over the top and I've we've covered that at length, right? The going after his family bit is a little crazy, but also his wife getting into it with people on social media is is pretty interesting. I feel like she at least uh, wasn't much on social media when she was in Oklahoma City, but everyone loved Russ here, so I guess there's a push and pull there. I was like, can we again blanket statement? Don't don't tweet or yell at like players families like, yeah yeah that, that, that's, i mean yeah. that's just common courtesy right like you can't just it, it like it's a game like as much as we love the nba as much as we love basketball like at the end of the day it's a game and some fans don't want to hear that and i get it but boo like, the it players. is it is a All game yeah boo the players like yeah you might not like a player and that's fine but you don't go after their families. Like, yeah. like if you have a coworker you don't like, you don't go after their family. Like, come on. Right. Like, you just got to, like, you may have disagreements. That's just being human. Sure. And especially when it's, like, an entertainment. Like, okay, I didn't like 
the way I was entertained. I did not pay money to watch this entertainment today. Like, yeah, okay, you don't have to like it. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, I, I'm I'm a fan of booing. Like, I'm not necessarily a booer, but I'm a fan of booing, you know? So, I, honest to God, I, I don't think there's much of a problem with the West Brick nickname. Right. But, or, you know, the, the booing in that way. But, like, yeah, like, we're not, don't scream hurt, like, hurtful hurtful things you know no no, no racism please um, for like the love of god to, please again can't believe we need to say that yeah but again, i think we're it, all good there it's just i mean the, i think there's very clear lines and i'd like to think most people know not to cross those lines but like there's like the sports like general booing west brick thing like i don't what what do you think you signed up for at the same time you right know? Right. So anyway, we'll move off of this one. Just wanted to mention it. Um, a couple guys returning to the court, uh, Markeith Morris for Miami coming back after the uh, interaction with Nikola Jokic back uh, at the start of the season. And then Brooke Lopez finally back for the Bucks. Um, supposed to be appearing actually tonight against the Jazz, not starting, but uh, supposed to be getting back on the court here for the Milwaukee Bucks. So encouraging for both of those teams, probably more important for the Bucks there. Um, but as we head into the final stretch of the regular season and the playoffs, good gets for both of those Eastern Conference teams. Um, Jared Allen has a broken finger, said it out indefinitely. Don't know exactly what that means. I We'll see. Um, but that, that stinks. They did get a win tonight against the Clippers, though. Larry Markinen, big, big three. Uh, Greg Popovich comes as the winningest coach of all time. That was cool. Um, Zach Lowe, good, good pod there. Um, hearing from former guys um, associated with Pop. Uh, that was really fun. And the last bit, Zion is back in New Orleans. Um, getting shots up with assistant coaches and sitting on the bench for uh, Herb Jones dunks. So progress. I'm glad, I'm glad he's, you know, going to be back before the all-star break, you know, get his reps in and J. Oh, what's that? It's, it's the middle of March. Oh my God. The worst yeah. is the beginning of the season. He's not playing this year, uh, <laughs> but crazy. The CJ McCollum thing like worked, right? Like, he did yeah, it on that national team, television in front of everybody, and it worked. That team, yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 piece of it, yeah. That's kind of crazy, right? Like how that all kind of came together. And I feel like, I mean, CJ is what uh, the vice president of the Players Association. Like that statement coming from him meant something, right? And yeah. that had a feel through the rest of the league, um, even though CJ is not like one of the you know top ten guys in the league. Um, I, I'm kind of curious though, like this New Orleans team is kind of feisty. Like the starting five of like Jonas, Brandon, we kind of talked about it before, but like if you can add Zion to the mix, it could it could be a fun team. But like you said, he's probably not playing by the end of the regular season, and like they're kind of fighting for a play in. So like if you have one game, does he start? Like does he? play 20 minutes does he play 25 minutes what if he's on minutes restriction and you're down three with like five minutes left i don't know it's just a ton of interesting questions there yeah it, 
like obviously Zion's incredible. So like if you have him, you want to play him. But I mean, they've also been playing really well. Like yeah, without him, so right. you also don't want to like totally mess up what you've got. But again, maybe bring off the bench. You're right. Um, so very interesting. But with that, I. I just don't think he's playing, Ryan. Like, the conditioning and everything and the intensity it, coming with that game. It's so late in the season. And, like, some of these – I mean, every game's like a playoff game for New Orleans at this point, right? Like, they're like, fighting for their playoff lives, and it's it's a serious like thing. You can't just, like – And then the playing game, games. Yeah. These are going to be, like, 17, like, intense games for New right. Orleans. Right. You better be back like next week. <laughs> right. That's the thing. We better have like a tweet from Sham saying like Zion's going to play 15 minutes next week. And like, as far as we know, he hasn't been cleared for like five on five contact. Right. No, he's like literally doing like nothing besides just like some one on O shooting with the assistant coaches. Yeah. So. He's not. Yeah. He's not playing. I'm going to agree with you on that one. That's, that's a wrap on this season. Yeah. Which is okay. Which is okay. okay. Just let's just say it though. Um, okay, so now we'll move on to the topics for the day. So, although this game happened a few days ago, still felt it was relevant. Wanted to talk about it because thoughts. Uh, Philly. So we're going to talk about the Brooklyn game, but I think it's also going to be worth mentioning so we'll just say it choked against the nuggets tonight too so let's just call it night, up night up 19 and lost to yeah. Jokic and monte morris and jeff green and Jamichael green bones highland bones highland hitting huge three there in the fourth quarter yeah the the bench scored the first 19 points of the fourth quarter for the nuggets um and leading their massive comeback I think it was. They were down like 19 at one point. Like it wasn't until like the Jokic like ridiculous floater that like a starter scored like in the fourth quarter for them, which that should have fouled out and beat, but home call or no call. Um, again, Phillies had James Harden for a dozen or so games now. They've played a lot of crappy teams with them. And let's just be honest, they've had two nationally, like, oh, my God, we got to tune into this game so far. And it was the Brooklyn game a few nights ago and the Denver game tonight because of the whole, like, oh, whoever's best in this game will be the MVP. Um, Ryan, (laughs) this is not looking awesome right now for Philly. Not to overreact, but let's overreact. So I put it to you this way over the weekend. If we're to look at things objectively, we trade the Sixers traded a dude and some stuff, a dude who shrank in the playoff and didn't want to play in Philadelphia anymore for a dude who shrinks in the pl- playoffs and wants to play in Philadelphia. Like I, I, we, I think the James Harden playoff record has been well documented, um, and we don't need to like rehash that right now, but like. James Harden played like crap against the Brooklyn Nets the other night. So bad. And he was hunting for calls. He 
just didn't seem like, I don't know. He didn't seem like super engaged in what was happening. And Embiid looked awesome in the first quarter and then kind of faded toward the end of the end of the game because he was, you know, hucking threes, trying to get them back in it because James Harden apparently couldn't score a basket. Um, I, 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 it's just a red, it's maybe not a full red flag. It might be like an orange flag, but I, like, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, Celtic Sixers play, like, don't you feel good, just as good at picking the Celtics as you do the Sixers? And isn't the whole point of the James Harden trade supposed to avoid that conversation? Like, you can't tell me Jalen Brown wouldn't shut down James Harden right now. Or Marcus Smart. Like, they have guys to... Like, Brown, Smart, and Tatum, and Derek White on him all night. Like, that dude's, like, not even going to get inside of the free throw line. Right, right. Like, Embiid, I think that, like, the thing with Embiid is, like, okay, well, like, yeah, you can post this, back us down, and get to the foul line, like, ten times in a quarter. Like, whatever, that's cool. And the first quarter. But we know by, like, I don't know, like, the middle of the third quarter, you're going to be so exhausted from doing that from the first two quarters that we feel pretty good about our chances, and you're just going to turn into a jump shooter. And the third yeah. quarter, that's what Embiid was of this Nuggets game. Made him. Some of them, yeah, some of them. And then the, he had, like, four straight possessions where he was, like, going to the mid-post, going to the free-throw line, and just clanking mid-rangers. Yeah. And, like, James Harden's standing out at the three, at the freaking half-court line. Yeah, that's bad. Um, okay, so a couple thoughts here. I'll get these off my chest. James Harden couldn't get by Kyrie. Like, <sighs> don't that hamstring must have been bothering him again, conveniently. Like... Kyrie is 5'11", 6 foot, something like that, skinny. I I guess well-rested, though. Um, like, not a good defender. Like, not a plus defender. James Harden couldn't get by him. Couldn't go through him. Like It was amazing to see Kyrie just be in James Harden, like, his jersey yeah. all night. And the best part about that was, like, Kyrie during, like, timeouts was, like, following him around. It just perfect right like and then that's like they have other guys they could have thrown it hard too right and like get in moments but like he couldn't get by anybody and you're right like he definitely was just foul hunting there like for a while and we were talking about this the other day um when we went to the thunder grizzly uh grizzlies game which was like that was a playoff type referee crew like yes how ref how like it happens and again i told you my my conspiracy theory the other day or working theory i don't know how i want to phrase that but idea which is when joel and beat is getting calls it's because he's like really getting fouled like he was mm-hmm. really getting fouled the other night right uh, again that kind of slow roll to the basket like off the pick and roll and just like andre Drummond was just fouling him well, when he's getting fouled, it's it's a foul. Like it looks like a foul. It is a foul. So when you James hear Harden, it, you hear yeah, it. Yeah. When James Harden is acting like he's getting fouled, but the refs are like, "Well, we saw Embiid like actually get fouled. Now we're seeing this. This thing does not look like a foul. So we're not calling it a foul." Right. Like, it's almost like because 
it's like if a teacher was like grading a student's paper, like, oh, that was a good paper, A. But then you grade another student's paper and you're like, oh, wait, this is actually a good paper. This is an A. That first paper is not an A. This is like a C. Like, like you didn't have like standard before. Right. Now you have a standard. And so the other one comparatively now gets like downgraded. Right. And in James Harden's turn, that means you're not getting a free throw line, which I mean, he couldn't do against uh, Brooklyn like at all. Nor, like you were saying, was he involved otherwise than that he wasn't trying to be a catch and shoot like guy. He wasn't trying to like set a screen off ball. Like I know like there was all the like hoopla about like, oh my God, he set a screen like uh, like his first or second game, like away from the ball. Yeah, he ain't doing that anymore. Like when it came down it's to ama- it, like yeah. it didn't matter. He wasn't gonna do it. It's amazing to watch James Harden without the ball. And if you just do it for like a quarter or like a half, like just keep track of how many times he just kinda like meanders, just kinda is staring, and he'll back up to half court eventually. And you know, they may get a like the Sixers may get an offensive rebound. They may reset out to him at the at the half court line he'll do his iso and then you know he'll put up a shot no that's fine but in a playoff game when it matters like all of that all of the little stuff just matters and i i don't know maybe i've been doing this podcasting thing watching the nba like these nba games more and more closely over the years but i just think like you have to pay attention to those little details to win a championship and i don't think james harden does that enough no, he doesn't. Like he just doesn't. And in terms of then Philly as a team, like when James has the ball, then none of the other guys know what to do because they're not right. used to doing it. He he's not going to be involved, and therefore the other guys like again don't know what to do because they're like they know how to be involved when Embiid has it, but if Harden's not going to be a part of it, then they're like, what are we doing now? You know, and then just transitioning to the rest of Philly. Like beyond that comment, that team had no idea what to do on offense all night. Like, again, we talked about Embiid was getting the foul calls early, deservedly so. But Harden wasn't cooking. I but like there's three other guys in the court, and they were absolute zeros all night. Like Maxi was a zero, Harris zero, Thibel nothing. Like didn't matter who who it was, just absolute nothing from those guys and i don't even know if it's like totally their fault like it like you you get shots you take shots you need to make shots like that's basketball to a very simplified degree but when you're just relegated to the corner it i i, I get why you're not in a rhythm then yeah i kind of felt like as and maybe doc's gonna make this adjustment maybe not like whenever you see James Harden kind of doing those disengaged things, like you kind of just got to give Tyrese Maxey the ball and tell him to go like turbo and play like the opposite pace of what James is wanting to play. Cause that's the thing that's going to get your offense some zip again. Right. Like that's the thing that lacked in the Sixers offense or has lacked in the, these last two losses is just like some form of zip and Maxey's supposed to be the zip guy. And like, I know Tobias Harris has his flaws. We've talked about those a lot on this podcast, but like the dude's still a good player. Like you got to get him some touches. Like why can't he be posting up? I mean, the, the Nets were playing like Seth Curry, Kyrie and a third guard. 
like Goran Dragic at the same yeah. time. Like, why can't Tobias at least post Goran like at least twice? Like, where were those touches? Like, those touches have just gone away. So, yeah, they have. Which, again, like, I'm not from Philly. Like, I guess, like, one of my top three, like, bullet points for, like, a game plan is not get Tobias Harris mid-post touches. Sure, sure. But, like, yeah, like, there were lineups out there where they put, like, KD at center and ran four guards. Or, I guess, maybe Bruce Brown's the center. Right, quote, right, sure. But, but he's, like, 6'5". So, okay. Yeah, so Brown, Durant, and then... You know, Mills, guards. Curry, Irving. Yeah. Like, what the problem with a guy like Harden standing around, though, is you put, if he's not going to be involved, you just put your worst defender on him then. And then he can't switch, like, to get, like, a post up, you know? Or, like, I guess part of it is if you want to get the switch to have the post up opportunity, like, you, there has to be screening then. You know, from the guards, right. and that's in theory playoff basketball. That's not something Harden looks to do. Like unless he's the one with the ball, getting right. that screen switch. Um, I, I think Maxi has to be the bigger point. Um, like you were saying, of like he's got to be able to be a downhill presence for them, and being in the corner just doesn't allow that opportunity to be a downhill presence like you can be a slasher but there has to be downhill pressure on the rim and that's just not a thing right Mm. now for philly and part of this also then goes back to because of the trade where you sent curry out on the deal is i don't know where this is going to get better for philly because this is exactly like what we talked about like if you're going to relegate everybody else on the court to being a just catch and shoot threes. Well, you traded your best guy at doing that. <laughs> right. And right. Well, like I know you need guys to compliment in other ways too, like how Fiebel compliments defensively. Like I Maxi doesn't compliment in that way right now. And yeah. Maxi, I mean, he does the downhill driving compliment, but if Harden's just gonna have the ball, like it's not that important then. Like, it's just not. So that's something that Doc, he's going to just need to get Harden to buy it. And that's what we talked about is this has to be Embiid's team playing the style they were effectively playing before, but James Harden maximizing that and not the other way around. And then that game against Philly or against Brooklyn, that's what it was. Like, it was the James Harden style. Embiid still played well in the first quarter and scored a lot, but it was the James Harden style and it didn't work. And they just dug themselves too big of a hole. They were down like what, 40 to 23 at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. And just kept piling on from there. Like Brooklyn just looked like they knew what they were wanting to do. And Philly, I don't know, maybe that is what they were wanting to do. And it just didn't work. But I don't want to hear though, that Philly didn't care about the game. Like, I think they cared. They just got, absolutely annihilated by Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, Kyrie and KD just, they were unguardable. They just like, uh, I mean, offensively on that end of the floor, Philly was a mess defensively too. Like in transition, they just like didn't pick up anybody. They were slow to get back. 
And on top of that, like, they legit, they don't have anybody to guard KD. Like, I know that's a thing. Like, no one really has anybody to guard KD, but, like, Kyrie was kind of... Yo, that Thibault had no shot. He looked so lost. And, like, Thibault's a good defender. And, like, I I just don't well, under... Like, I guess, like, your wing defend, defender against KD is has to be him. But if he gets in foul trouble in a playoff game, like, who's your next best guy. shot at that? Danny Green? So, I think there was a couple of things. And, yeah, I don't want to hear Danny Green didn't play. <laughs> Who cares? We saw it tonight in the Denver game. It was like 0 for 5. Did nothing. Um, so two things. One, Thibel, it's not just that he looks lost sometimes. Thibel looks small against guys like Kevin Durant. Mm. Like Thibel's like 6'6", like honest to God, he's probably like a buck 95. Kevin Durant's 7 foot, like 230. Like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect him to do? Right. Like, honest right. to God. And right. then Tobias Harris played him some because size-wise Harris actually matches up better because he is like 6'8", like 230 on his own. Right. Right? But like Tobias Harris can't stay in front of him. I mean, like yeah, the foot yeah. speed with Tobias is just not there. Yeah. And so like Danny Green, it's the same thing as Thibel. He just knows what to do more. But he's probably not able to recover the way Thibel is to at least challenge the shot when he does get cooked, which is right. still going to be like every other play because it's Kevin Durant. Right. You know, it's if anything, Thibel's would get better against guards. Like Thibel needs to be guarding Kyrie. Yes. That's what you yeah. need. And yeah. Thibel does much better in those situations. But we've seen it with Thibel. The best guards know how to get him in trouble. Like, right. We, we've seen this now for two and a half years, like, cause he's going to jump. So, <laughs> you know, just head fake him and, and get him in the air a little bit and you will lean in and get a call uh, on Thibault. Like you can foul him out then. So Philly defensively on Brooklyn was just a disaster, like individual matchups, team matchup, just a disaster. Um, Embiid was not like present at all on that end because they just like, they okay, spread him out. Yeah, yeah, like it didn't matter. Like with what Embiid was like going to do, they're like, okay, you want to defend the paint? That's fine. Like, right. We're gonna spread. It's two. I mean, they had four shooters on the floor at all times. Yeah, and the thing is, when you even do put a big out there like Claxton or Drummond, like they were both really good the other night, especially about like passing or like screening away from the ball and making Embiid have to do something about that which he doesn't do because Embiid only plays drop. And that's why then if you can set a good screen, guys like Seth Curry and Patty Mills are going to run wide open because there's no one there to like help with the screen. They were just getting killed on like the Seth Curry corner three stuff. Like what he had 20 something in that game. Yeah. I mean, he was just running wide. A lot of that stuff came in transition too before their defense set, but still like there were a couple times where he just got, freed up on the wing or in the corner. Yeah. And I don't know how you lose a guy like Seth Curry. Well, you know who Seth Curry is. Like, he was on <laughs> your team, you know? Uh, again, wild. But the last piece of this I wanted to, to talk about is the mental side of all this, like the Ben Simmons bit, Philly. But also, and we'll stay on this last one 
first because we're already talking about the Nets. Katie and Kyrie, they took that game so personally. Like, they did. Uh, it was it, uh, that was ultimate f you to James Harden. Yes, that was Seth Curry going at Doc. Yeah, like it was, and I also think the way Philly collectively has been going at Simmons. I think what was underestimated about that is KD and Kyrie are incredibly petty people. <laughs> so, like, they're like, you messed with us. Watch this. You know, like, it just, like, for no real good reason, like, people are like, are they really that much on Ben Simmons' side? Like, you know, like, I don't know if they really are, but they're so petty that, like, they're just like, all right, I got a thing now. I'm going to latch on to it and just, like, be be a, a douche about it but I, their way of doing it is by going out and scoring you know 50 combined points and just burying you i love the fact that they kind of just all went at james harden like my favorite moment was uh in the game this wasn't like anything james harden related really it was seth curry hitting corner three and it was to put the nets up by like 25 or closer to 30 or something and the sixers immediately call a timeout and he just kind of stands over by the Sixers for a second. I don't think he kind of just like looks over at the bench, takes his he sweet time. Up. Yeah, he, he didn't. I don't think he said anything. I didn't see his lips move, but he just kind of stood there for a second, meandered back to the Nets bench. And you could tell it was just like kind of uncomfortable on that side. Like the, oh, the yeah. Sixers players weren't really like making eye contact. They were kind of slow to get out on the floor. It was just kind of a great moment. It was like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, these guys don't really enjoy each other anymore. Like they don't like each other. No, no, and I think that's something that I think we all underestimated about this is Brooklyn's level of pettiness. Yeah, coming through, not just against Brooklyn, but now like, and now it may have been the they turned the corner on it. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we have 15 games left, and the playoffs. Like here we freaking go. Right, and. Right. We may have just woke the sleeping giant in Brooklyn. I mean that like I was I I will never forget the whole like that one playoff game, one of the few playoff games that James Harden, Kyrie, and Katie played at. And that that team was just a freaking monster offensively, but that team the other night just looked as bit of good on the offensive end. And it looked scary. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out in the playoffs. I'm uh I'm I hope I hope I want seven games of that. I want Philly Brooklyn. That's not going past five games, Ryan. That's not going past five games. <laughs> are you saying are you hold on, let's be clear here. Are you saying Brooklyn in five or are you saying yeah. Philly in five? Oh my god, Matt Chamberlain. They they play a playoff series. That's five games. And I'm just, I'm giving Embiid and Harden one game. I'm giving them <laughs> one. Oh my! Wow. Because Philly's going to have the higher seed, so five games, three of them are going to be in Philly. Kyrie's <laughs> that's playing adva- all. That's advantage Brooklyn, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and then who knows by that time with what's going to be going on with the home game situation? But um, I bet Philly's winning at least one at home. So anyway, um, another bit of this besides. Uh, Brooklyn being incredibly petty and just taking it to him. Ben Simmons 
He was there. I, Ryan, any thoughts? Any cares? I, I've I've heard some people say that was a big mental hurdle for Big Seven Ben Simmons to get o- get over and you know go to Philly and you know get booed by the crowd and all that stuff. And I just don't care until he plays. Like that's the biggest hurdle. Like you have to play in Philly. Like you have to get over that that hump for me to actually care because I don't know if I care right now. Yeah, I, I think it's cool you sat there. I think it just like added to the pettiness. Uh, yeah of it all but uh yeah i guess no real thoughts right now on it again wonder still hoping he plays this year i really want him to play um just because of the basketball like on the court like i think what could happen would be really incredible um but yeah i don't know if him being there really is all that much at the same time though like not if we're really talking about the mental health aspect of Simmons like in a very serious way like getting you know quote unquote like out of the house and going somewhere like is a big hurdle so if in basketball terms that's getting out of like the practice facility and going to a game like that might actually be a pretty significant deal um yeah so I guess we'll see. um Philly I mean we t- want to talk about mental here I said this to you the other day when, like, when we were at the, the Thunder Grizzly game, Philly's the most mentally weak franchise to me. Like, just whoa, this is why we don't, this is why I don't bet on Philly. <laughs> I mentally love Joel Embiid, I love patrolling, I love him going at you all the time. Again, the conditioning pit of it, uh, part of it makes it to where he can't always on the court do what he wants to do. Yeah, like we saw the other night. But love, love him for for that man. You went and got you talked about you went and got James Harden, who just career collapses, like just does every time he has a big game. Uh, the rest of that team, like Tobias Harris, all the all the like the like supplementary players, like none of them wanted any bit of that game. None of them. Nope. Doc Rivers. Didn't look like he even like typed up a Google Doc for for the game plan. Okay, like nothing for that team looked like they wanted to be there, or one not not that they didn't want to be there. They didn't want to like actively do something to win the game because then it'd be like, well, we can just say like we didn't try now or we didn't care. We didn't have Danny Green. That was the linchpin to like. Like, no, you could have been way more prepared and ready for that and execute so much better. But, like, you didn't look like you wanted that game Mm. at all. Mm. Like, it's not that you didn't care. You just – you weren't able to get up for it. And I don't know what you do about that. I thought it was hilarious that the fans were booing Ben Simmons and then they were booing the Sixers. Like, I felt that was just wonderful. Just awesome. So, I mean – I don't I, I guess at this point I don't know why this season's gonna end any different than last season. And while Ben Simmons was a problem at the end of the season last year, I think we're gonna have to have another bigger conversation why he wasn't the only problem as to last year. Because he's not there this year to to be the scapegoat. So that's all I needed to really get off my chest here. Mm. Mm. And they choked again tonight against uh, Denver. So you can keep those uh, Embiid MVP votes in the back pocket. 
Uh, okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> Topic number two. So, uh, yeah, last chance mentions. As we wind down, we want to talk about good teams. Uh, and there are some teams in the league that are not. Hmm. So we'll give them their last last real shout outs of the of the pod season um we'll save the wizards spurs and blazers because technically they could make the playoffs but probably not but i guess we, we can save them um spurs currently getting just annihilated uh not annihilated they're down 15 three minutes left to the timberwolves Eesh. i don't know if you saw this right currently towns has 56 points oh my god <laughs> on 28 shots <laughs> oh my god just tear them up um so anyway um i don't know maybe the spurs are done but we'll, so we'll run through the east and the west teams that are officially done there's two teams actually eliminated so far um in the orlando magic and detroit pistons but we know realistically there's a few other teams also already done um in both conferences so let, let's get to this. Um, just give a, a quick little minute to each of these teams, Ryan. Orlando Magic. Any thoughts? Any any anything you want to mention here? I mean, no, not really. It's weird because, like, you know, they have Suggs who really didn't get off to a good start and is kind of defi- starting to find something. And now, yeah. like, Fultz is back in the picture. Um, they're still not all healthy which is kind of a bummer. Um, but, I mean, they're feisty. Oh. Yeah, you Philly a, a good fight the other night. Um, I, I mean, they're going to get another draft pick. I feel like we say this every year with Orlando. They need a wing. They need someone who can score on the perimeter, who's not a guard, and who's not a center. I, so much easier said than done, though, Ryan. Uh, I wish some other teams would actually be able to do this. Oh wait, uh, yeah, we never saw Jonathan Isaac. Like, yeah, yeah, he's still not back. Sam. Yeah, you know, uh, Jonathan Isaac just no show. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. was like a nice surprise for them. Um, got him in the Vucevic trade, so really had a good year. Um, Mobamba but, hasn't just been atrocious this year, yeah, which has been yeah. like a nice development. A little renaissance uh, of his career. Um, I think you got it right. Suggs like starting to figure some things out. Fultz coming back finally. You know, Cole Anthony does things, I guess. I don't know. Probably not a long-term guy there, but does things. Um, Franz Wagner, the rookie, um, yeah. had a very good rookie season, especially considering expectations. Yep. I don't know, honest to God, like how how much better it's going to get for him. Like once his role gets relegated some. But, like, I guess he's a nice piece to have moving forward. So, you have some stuff, but you're right. It's still the wing. They don't have that guy. Like, quit giving those minutes to Terrence Ross. Like, yeah, I can we, like, just have a New Year's resolution for the Orlando Magic to trade Terrence Ross? Like, fine, please. Just (laughs) please trade him. (laughs) Like, come on. Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess like it's important to have some like veteran presence in your locker room. And I get all that for like chemistry building and like understanding how the NBA works, but like, yeah, you got to stop playing Terrence Ross. Like he's not... like how the rocket or the, yeah, the rockets keep like Eric Gordon around at the trade deadline. Like, right. 
Like, mm-hmm. just take the one – quit getting so greedy and take the one first-round draft pick someone's willing to give you. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, I like I like Orlando. I feel like we also say this every year with Orlando. It feels like they're two, three years away. So when are they eventually going to break the cycle of that? Like from actually being not just this like frisky eight seed to like, okay, you're like the Cleveland, when are they going to have their Cleveland Cavaliers here? Right. When they're young guys kind of come together, someone takes a huge leap and they're like the six now in the East. I think you're just hoping Suggs becomes Darius Garland and Wendell is their Jarrett Allen and you get a Mobley type of impact guy with other like solid pieces like Franz, you know, like I guess that's what your hope is. But again, like that's two, three years away. Right. Right. You still Uh, got some wilderness years here. It's not like this is going away next year. No, no, this is still rough. Um, Okay. Move on. The Detroit Pistons, again, but these are the only two teams that have technically been eliminated so far from the playoffs, but Pistons, we all know where to start here. It's the beginning, it's the end, the alpha, the omega. It's Cade Cunningham. <laughs> uh, the bust. The bust. Uh, obviously, we got to see him with Oklahoma State um, last year. We knew like he was a star before he got to OSU. We knew he was a star when he was at OSU. We knew he was a star when we could not take him number one overall. And he had the ankle injury to start the year. But, I mean, by probably, like, game 30, 40, like, everything started clicking. Like, he was feeling better. And he's just, like, murdering people now. <laughs> I mean, he almost had a triple-double the other night. He's He makes it look easy. Like, his like one of the things that I think – both of us were kind of concerned about with him coming in the league was his like pace and like how fast he was. That doesn't seem to be a problem at all. Dude's able to get wherever he wants, whenever he wants His step back three is a legit thing. He's a legit three point shooter and he's an, a really good passer. Yeah. I, nothing about his evaluation, like, like the, like the real accurate evaluations, like nothing that like along those lines are wrong. Like, his athleticism was questioned by some people. I think that was wrong because he like he's never been the Jalen Green type of athlete. You right. know, and he's not right. going up, But he's 6'8", like 215. Like, he's going to do what he wants to do. And, like, yeah, he's not trying to, like, yam over everybody. But he, like, he can do what he needs to do. Like right. his athleticism doesn't hold him back. You know, this right. isn't Tobias Harris here, which is like kind of where like the inaccurate comps like started coming in at. Like that mm. was not going to be him. Right. Um, you're right. The passing still incredible. Um, How many more assists would he have if he had like legit dudes around him too? Like, like he it shouldn't be having to pass to like Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> like the the. Like the corner three from Hami is nice every once in a while, but it's not hitting as much as like some other guys, some other point guards would have, right? Like, yeah, he had Cam Reddish in the corner at least. Like, I would feel better about that than Hami Dude Diallo. 
Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Like Jeremy Grant's not a catch and shoot guy. Like yeah. so many of their wings haven't been that type of guy. Like besides Sadiq Bay, you know, Kelly Olenek as like a big forward. Like yeah. no one else on Detroit just like catch and shoot. Right. So like you've got to like force feed them like perfect opportunities, like layup opportunities or pick and roll opportunities to get assist in that team. And he's figured it out now where he is getting like seven, eight, nine, ten assists a game. Um, still rebounds. It's been fine defensively, like good enough defensively. I think he's actually gotten in better shape as the year gone has gone on. Like he, his body's starting to look different already. Uh, you're right. The shootings still like very good catch and shoot off the dribble. He's got a mid range game now. Like he really does. So uh, yeah, Cade Cunningham, very worthy number one overall pick, a foundational building block in Detroit. You mentioned Sadiq Bay. Um, like Sadiq Bay was another uh, favorite of the Couch GM podcast in that draft, um, coming out of Villanova a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, like I don't know, what to say like he's a good NBA player. Every team should want a Sadiq Bay. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's just got a. It feels like he's the type of dude who's going to have like a 15, 20 year career in the NBA. And you just kind of look up and Sadiq Bay is maybe not playing all those years for Detroit, but like he's on his third or fourth team, you know, in 20 years or whatever. And it's like, oh, he's just still, still playing defense, still shooting quarter threes. He, he feels like a pretty easy fit to be like a fourth or fifth starter on a championship team. Yeah, exactly. You know? like, yep. May not be a star which is fine. doesn't need to be a star. But, but like Mikel Bridges proved, like you just have to know your role and you're going to have a long career in the NBA. Yeah. So love Sadiq Bay, great role player, um, good find there by Detroit. So uh, we'll move on from them. Indiana, staying in the East. They made the big trade at the deadline. They finally moved off Sabonis, um, decided to keep Turner, I don't know if that was really a choice or not since Turner's been dealing with the foot injury, but they have Turner still obviously got Tyrese Halliburton in the deal. Ryan, what'd you say? Like now that we're a dozen games past, you know, that or so thoughts on, on the trade, like, do you feel any better or worse for Indiana moving forward? I mean, that was the, that was kind of the thing. Like you have Brogdon who's an older guard. So you needed to kind of like, I don't know, recalibrate with a younger guard you Mm. needed some scoring on that from from there so yeah i mean i i love the trade for indiana like sabonis is a good player but it it feels like he kind of hit his cap as a career guy like is he hitting another all-star game in the west is he gonna make an all nba team probably not and like yeah i i feel like Tyrese at least has a chance to make maybe like one all NBA team, maybe if he like ascends and really takes a leap and he's shown flashes of that. And I feel like he can make an all-star game maybe. Um, And so like, it's easier to build around a guard than a center. I feel like in today's NBA. So (laughs) I, I think it was, I don't know. It's tough to say it was a fair trade, but like, I like the trade for Indiana. You have a guy guaranteed under contract now for essentially seven years. Like you can build around this guy for the next seven years. And you know, he's not going to jet unlike Sabonis who contract was expiring in two years. 
Right. I I think you hit the nail on the head with it's so much easier to play out of a guard than it is a center, you know, and Tyrese has proven already with Indiana, like kind of like, Hey, like not a lot of great options of who to pass to right now, but I mean, still figuring out how to get six, seven, eight plus assists every single night. Um, just getting everyone involved, even if it's not an assist, like still just getting the ball whipping around. Like that's exactly what you want no matter who you end up building around him with like that stylistically, like someone you love to have and want to have. So I, I feel much better about the direction Indiana's going in now comparatively. Um, but I, I know it's not resulting in wins right now, but we knew that we knew that when the trade right. was made. Right. So I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Um, in terms of Indiana's other guys, like I really have no other thoughts or comments. Like I, Duarte has had a nice rookie year, but he's older already, you know? So like in terms of Indiana, like all I really care about is Halliburton building around Halliburton, making this work. I, I could see them making more moves in the off season, I guess. And they better be praying the ping pong balls fall in their favor. You know, like they don't need just another like mid tier draft prospect and they need a guy so mm. Mm. uh but i i like the pivot they've made um off of the the trade um the last east team we'll talk about is the knicks uh we're going to call it done for them but we're going to call it good waving uh, the white flag on their season yeah they're in theory i guess they could catch the 10 seed but i just don't think it's going to happen um we we mentioned it as a topic of conversation like rj barrett we didn't really go into it though like rj barrett might be a guy uh but outside of that i i give zero cares about anybody on this next team ryan man you have julius randall who apparently everyone in new york hates now um but like we called this right like you said like julius randall had like a handful of like clutch late game shots. And like, if those don't go in, like this is how this next season is. Yeah. Like they were 500 last year. Like those shots and those bounces just haven't been going their way. They're their worst team this year around Julius Randall. So like, what are you expecting? Like what, what are you expecting as the outcome? And I think you're right. Like you have to start building around RJ and the fact they haven't really put – I mean, like, Reddish was was good up until he was out. He's now out for the season, it looks like, um, with the shoulder surgery. Like, what are you supposed to do now with that? Like, right? Like, you were supposed to get your guy some time there, and you have to start building around RJ this offseason, and I think the Knicks need to, need to come to that conclusion. Um, but they're going to swing for the fences, I guess, and – offseason with a free agent yeah and i don't know i guess we're starting to see the knicks play some of the younger guys like reddish like it was kind of like a running joke on twitter like he would have like three good minutes and then he get pulled because he missed yeah. like one assignment um like he's someone useful i think you want to keep seeing what you have in him next year everyone's calling like let's get jericho sims some more minutes you know the rookie backup big from texas 
to get Deuce McBride some more minutes, who I really liked coming into the draft last year. I had him as like a late first. They got him in the second. Um, I, I think what needs to happen, again, conceptually still knowing you have R.J. Barrett, if the Knicks don't land like an, an all-caps guy this offseason, like they've got they've to clean house a little bit here. Like, we can't do the tips thing again, right? Man, like who do you who do you restart with then? Like that's the question. I know we were semi joking, semi not like is Utah like gonna be over Quinn Snyder if the playoffs don't go well again? And not that Quinn Snyder would necessarily take that job or want that job, but like we were talking about okay, well who's replacing Quinn Snyder like in that scenario? There's not a lot of great options for like I want to win a championship today. Right. Knicks, if you don't get a guy, you know you can't be winning a championship today anyway. So right. the Knicks have so many more options than because you're just trying to get someone who can get this team on the right track, you know? And I think it's a lot easier to find an assistant coach or, you know, a coach that wants an, a second opportunity or something like that to come and develop the team, develop the young guys. Um, cause that's what needs to happen. Mm. Like if, if you're not going to get a guy, you need to do some of these Cam Reddish type deals. You need to stop playing Fournier and Kimba so much. Like I, I know it needs to happen. It, you can justify still playing through those guys a lot. If you go get one of those, you know, legit NBA like studs. But if you don't get one of those guys, there's no point. Like we've seen it now for two years. There's no point in playing Alec Burks so dang much. Like, we can cut it out. Like it's fine. Alec Burks can be a sixth man. Like it's cool. But he doesn't need to be your number one destroyer. We, yeah, we don't need we don't need like I don't know down six Alec Burks mid range jump shots. Yeah, don't need more of that. So I, I'm looking for the Knicks, knowing they probably won't get a guy to clean house. That's what they mm. need to do. Um, okay, we'll transition to the West. We'll hit these three teams real quick. The Rockets um, mentioned Jalen Green and his athleticism. He's starting to really come around. Um, but God dang, that team does not have a lot of talent. Just an abysmal team. When we said this is going to be a long haul at the beginning of the season, like it's still the long haul. Long haul. Um, to me, they're the most. They might be the most unwatchable team. Like they just don't guard anybody. Like, they just. They just don't care, you know. Yeah, they're they're rough to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to talk about them too much more. They need to draft basically everything. Uh, <laughs> like they can love Alpha and Shangun all they want. Like whatever, man. Uh, I'm trying to draft the best player available. Uh, okay, Ryan, your Oklahoma City Thunder. The hope. I, as much as the Rockets might be the hopeless, the Thunder might be the most hopeful. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Between Shea and Giddy and their coach, they might be the most like hopeful, encouraging situation here, and all the picks, of course. Yeah, I like Giddy has just shown so much promise this year. And I mean, SGA is still ascending. Like he's he was borderline all-star this year, right? And is an elite scorer. 
Um, and Dort's, I mean, they just have a bunch of nice pieces. Like we go through the list, right? Like Baisley's really shown some flashes this year. If you're not watching Thunder, watch Thunder. Darius Baisley had like 30 points the other night against the Grizzlies and Jaron Jackson Jr. had some like kind of decent defenders. He had some nice moves there. And I, I don't know, like I, if Darius Baisley ends up being like your seventh best player on a, on a championship team, that's cool. But like, he's getting reps now, you know, yeah. to, to be in some situations. I, I just, I think the biggest thing is figuring out the SGA giddy backcourt situation. We were talking about the other night, Thunder Grizzlies game, uh, the Thunder offense doesn't have a ton of zip, but they do play like a fun style of basketball. The ball moves, the, re- the, Offense flows really nicely. They they have some nice stuff and they have some nice pieces. So just gotta draft the wing, the one wing. That's all it takes. That's all this team's missing, Matt. A Jabari Smith sized hole on this roster. Hey, I'm I'm praying for you all. I am. I want it to work out. Um, again, I like I like the direction of this team. Again, maybe more than any others. Like they know what they want and they have a couple of the pieces already. Um. All right, the Kangs. Jesus, do so we have to talk about them? Yeah, the other half of the Sabonis Halliburton deal here. Um, Sabonis murdered like Nikola Vucevic tonight. Just the ambo. I, ju- I saw that highlight. Oh my goodness! I mean, like Sabonis, like he's been pretty good. Fox has looked pretty good recently. I would say. I don't really know what else to do with the team but i guess having those two guys is a positive i I don't know i guess like this happens every year with the kings right they show signs of life in march and april and then in october they'll win a couple frisky games and you're like okay the sacramento kings and then in November, they crap the bed. In December, they crap the bed. And in January, they've crapped the bed so much that they have to talk about trading half their roster. And then in February, they don't do anything. And so th- by the end of the year, the roster is like, okay, well, I guess we just have to play together and figure it out. Yeah. Okay, Ryan, just real quick, a little exercise for the sake of the Kings. Which situation would you rather be in? Magic? Or Kings. I would rather have the Kings situation. Okay. Kings or Pistons? The Pistons. I would say the Pistons also. Um, for the record, the magic had- one. I'd probably say Sacramento also, but I don't feel great about it. I so the only thing about the magic thing is like there's not really an all-star yeah all nba type of player on that roster as now you kind of have that with sabonis baked in with the kings but like with the pistons like Cade's gonna be all nba soon that's all yeah that's all you need to say yeah yeah so Uh, i that's depressing that's a depressing exercise pacers or kings oh gosh i think the king pacers I don't know. I don't, I don't, that's a toss-up. I think that's a wash. Yeah. Uh, Knicks or Kings? The Kings. 
I, I think. think I'd say the Kings also. Uh, Rockets or Kings? Uh, the Kings, I think. I think so. I don't know so, but I think so. Yeah. And I know the answer for this one. Thunder or Kings? Oh, give me the Thunder all day. <laughs> yeah, also. Um, but man, so the Kings were like maybe half of those situations. Which is crazy, right? Like we just like I don't know. Maybe I think of the the Knicks situation as as worse than it is. Um, but like I I mean you have like Sabonis and Darren Fox. Like that feels like a good NBA combo. It's just whether like it is it just something? Yeah, it, it should, should be something, or is it just like on paper something? Yeah, I I worry about that. So we definitively took them over the Magic and Knicks. And toss up on rockets and pacers. So that's not good. <laughs> yeah, not awesome. Um, okay, last bit, and then we'll get out of here. March Madness, Ryan. Let's uh, go. Had the, bra- the bracket drop on Sunday. Um, so we recorded on Monday just to let it shake out. Um, I know, again, this whole pod has been kind of a draft young guy focus. Um, this last bit uh, segment in particular, and now this one. Um, everyone wants to fill brackets this time of year. Don't, hey, I'm not going to tell anyone what to do because even though I watch a lot of college basketball, we all get it wrong no matter what. So pick who you want to pick. Um, just wanted to shout out a couple games, a couple teams, just for the sake of it. Um, particularly the, the first couple days. Like, I know. I don't know, Ryan, do you still try and watch just about every game? Or are we, are we too old for this now? I, I mean, like, I like to uh, throw a game on here, too, you know? It's like, yeah. it's, like a, it's like the Masters, you know? You just have to tune in, at least for some of it. Mm-hmm. Keep track of it on the phone for a while. Yeah. Oh, this one's really interesting. Like, this one on the main screen. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so just a couple of first-round games that would be fun to shout out because uh, they could actually be good games. But also, there's a couple prospects in them also. Because, again, there could be a lot of... I hope there's a lot of good games. Just point blank. But um, Colorado State, Michigan, Ryan. Uh, Colorado State, actually the 6. Michigan's the 11. Um, still, I think Michigan's going to be favored, though, because it's Michigan. But um, really fun one there. And then staying in the Big Ten... Ohio State as a seven playing Loyola Chicago the ten, uh, man Ohio State better be so pissed about that. Like, <laughs> who wants to ever play Loyola Chicago now in the tournament? Sister uh, Jean, just awful, awful, awful. Um, so really fun games there. I think they're going to be tight games, close games. Mm-hmm. A few pro like Colorado State's got. One, two guys. Michigan's got a couple guys. Ohio State's got a couple. Loyola's got one. Like, there's NBA talent in those two games. Um, but also, I think really good, fun matchups that could be quote unquote upsets. Like, I know Colorado State's technically the favorite, but they're, again, people are going to pick Michigan. And then Loyola always looking to upset somebody. Um, Absolutely. Uh, again, Ohio State, Michigan could win, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's boring. Uh, <laughs> now, just real quick, uh, I just wanted to rattle off a few teams that have, again, NBA, like real NBA prospects that also we could see deep into the draft. 
or into the tournament. Uh, so just going west coast to east, just my brain thinks geographically. So uh, Arizona might be my favorite for the to win the whole thing. Uh, UCLA, Gonzaga, and then we get into like Kentucky, Tennessee might be a, a surprise of the year. I don't know. You have a don't bet on Kansas rule, but Kansas. Yeah, don't bet on Kansas. Um, I don't think Auburn and Duke will win it, but we'll throw them on the list. Jabari then, Smith! As always, Villanova <laughs> has to be on the list. Um, Man. A lot of NBA talent in those nine teams. A lot of NBA talent. I don't really see many other teams able to win a championship this year outside of those. I mean, I know nine teams is quite a bit, but uh, a lot of NBA prospects there too between all those teams. So get a good look at the future of the league um, in March Madness this year. There weren't too many teams left out that I was like, oh man, I really wanted to see that guy. You know, like just not a lot of those dudes that got relegated to NIT this year or something. So that's always good. It's going to be a fun tournament. I mean, like the last couple of years have been really zany. I feel like I I I don't follow college game nearly as closely as you do, but I mean, we're going to get some upsets. I, I have a, I have a gut feeling about this, Matt. Oh, there's a, there's a few that I'm like, man, like you mentioned it with uh, Ohio state, like in, in their matchup, like there's a couple like high major teams that should just be like, Oh crap. Like really? Like that's the draw we got, whether it's first round or second round. Um, projected draw like god dang again vermont's been like a good really good team this year uab's mm. been a really good team this year there are a few others um sucks just real quick sucks uh that there's a couple mid-majors that got pinned against each other in the first round that are like actually good teams mm. shout out murray state and san francisco both like legit top 30 teams this year got pinned against each other in the first round that sucks. Give it, get, we'll put one of those against like the Blue Bloods in the first round, you know? Make make yeah. Kentucky or Duke sweat in the first round. <laughs> um, I, I heard it on a pod today, Ryan. Any any thoughts on this just real quick and then we'll get out of here. So there's the plan, like games, like, you know, like there's like a 12-12 matchup and yeah. like an 11-11 matchup and then two 16s uh, matchups. Because uh, we even feel 68, even though it's a 64 team tournament. How do you, how do you feel about the six teams having to play the two 16 teams, uh, like having to play into the NCAA tournament, even though they won their. Yeah, conference. that's. I mean, that's kind of a bummer, right? Happy. Like, like you're you have a quote unquote automatic bid, but you're still kind of playing for a play in. Um, I mean, that's kind of just crappy. I don't, I don't love it. But at the same time, I mean, like, I kind of get it. Like, it's it draws more attention to the tournament early and makes things a little bit more dramatic. But, like, I feel like it would be more entertaining to get, like, I mean, I guess you the tournament would never do this. But it would be more entertaining to have, like, a 4-4, you know? Like, or, like, you know, maybe, like, the somehow, like, have top seeds play against each other and, like, the whoever wins gets the higher seat like you're not eliminated from the tournament you just like are placed higher in the bracket something 
like, yeah, like, okay, so we have these two four seeds. We can't decide which dis- should be, like, the higher four. So let's, like, play a game and just, like, get, like, a sweet 16 matchup, I guess. That would be, I don't know, more fun in, like, an early round that we might not see unless it's, like, a national championship. Yeah. I Just to comment on the, like, original original question, like, very specific question. I'm not gonna lie. If I'm like Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Christy, yeah. I want to play another 16 level seed. Like I just, you know, I just ran through my conference tournament playing those type teams. <laughs> right. Okay. I want like give me a shot at Duke. You right. Know? Like, give right. me a shot. At this. Um, instead of making me have to play another one of these games. Like don't get me wrong. Like if you're not winning the first one, you're not beating. The, the number one, yeah, yeah right, or two, right. You no, know, but I don't know. I'd ra- I'd rather force like like we have an Indiana Wyoming game, right? Like I know that doesn't sound terribly entertaining. Like it's actually going to be a pretty good game though. Um, like make those type teams have to play in, right. you know, like like Michigan. I don't even know if they should have gotten the tournament this year, but make them play in, right. They're like, hey, we weren't sold on you actually making the tournament. You be the ones that play in, not the right. teams that get the automatic bid. Like, it kind of, in theory, like, weekends, like, your 15 seed, like, pool you have yeah. there, and maybe also then your 14 seed, like, pool of teams you can pick from. And in a, in a way, might actually guarantee more of your, like, one, two, three seeds actually get to advance, I would say. But then we probably get more like four, five, six, you know, seven upsets and from those seeds. So I, that's something I would like to see. I want to see the I want to see the high major teams have to play another game. Cause that's just gonna be a good game no matter what. Right. People are just gonna watch, you know. Right. If you forced uh, you know, I don't even know who, but like I know these teams can make the tournament. Like you forced like Texas AM to play Colorado. Like mm. we're just gonna watch that game. Right. Those are schools. You know? Right. Like, I'm sorry, like no one's gonna watch, you know, Bryant play right state. Like, even though there's a couple good players in that game, like you're just not gonna watch it. No one's gonna watch it. Right. Right. You can get more eyeballs on your product by actually playing two teams that uh, high are you know power five teams that just didn't have a great year. Like people still watch. I would like that. I feel like another interesting thing is to like have the first four in and first four out, like somehow play each other. So maybe like fight for like a chance at a play or like, I don't know, one of the play in spots. That would be kind of interesting. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I think it's a dumb for the two sixteens to play. Like that's, I don't know. I don't think anybody signs up to watch that game to your point. Like no one's yeah. going to be like, you know what? Two sixteen teams are on. Let's, let's watch. Let's tune this in. Yeah. I they better anyway, I don't know, but they better be getting some sort of monetary uh base like income for playing that game. Yeah. Like on top of just like what you otherwise get for making the tournament for having to go through that game. You know, that's the only reason that I could be worth it to me as a small school. hundred percent. Otherwise just give me my shot. Just let me play Tennessee. You know? Right. So, so that's how that's those are how you get the you know uh baltimore you like umbc you know type things yeah. all or the all the times duke gets upset and stuff like that 
you know the lehigh lehigh yeah so shout out lehigh um all right that's all we wanted to get to i I hope everyone has fun watching march madness this year we need a normal march madness intense you know full bit everyone's brackets get ruined the normal way we need it yeah no uh, no covid no weird stuff this year hopefully um hopefully all that goes goes off without hitch but uh matt that's been it for episode 136 you have anything you want to add before we uh head out uh, i wish i was you with you in the tournament but you know it's fine it's it's fine it's not like uh you know there's other schools and the NCAA that violated the same recruit. Oh, wait, that's right. They, they did. They did. They're playing. <laughs> they did. That's right. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, that's been it for episode 136. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much.